Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Former Obama Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel, now the mayor of Chicago, once said that the White House is great for family life, for the family that lives there. Today, from the White House, a summit on real working families. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is Monday, the 23rd of June. Great to have you with us, everybody. Don't look now, but yes, the White House did hold another policy summit today. This one, as I said, was on working families. Plenty of star power there, if you will. President Obama, of course, the man himself. Vice President Biden as well. So too, actress Christina Hendricks, because I guess she plays a single working mom on Mad Men. I don't know. The point is this. We talk a good game in this country, but the fact is that on a lot of working family issues, the United States is not much more than an outlier. Marketplace's David Gura gets us going. There were panels and plenaries on topics like caregiving and compensation. Victoria Budson was on that second one. She runs the Women and Public Policy Program at Harvard. The U.S. has some dubious distinctions, she says. For one, it's... The only industrialized nation in the world that has no mandatory paid leave. About 10% of Americans in the private sector can get some paid leave when they have kids. Pamela Stone is a sociologist at Hunter College. This is a real black eye for the United States. She says today's summit was designed to get more Americans to take notice. Something like this is really important for raising the visibility of the issue, but also for legitimating the issue. I mean, telling people out there, this is an issue for you. The president lent some legitimacy, but the White House must have figured some star power. Good morning, I'm Christina Hendricks. Could boost the summit's visibility or get some more Americans to watch its live stream. Hendricks said she was proud to be representing, as she put it, a working woman in two decades. Hendricks, the actress and the character she plays on Mad Men. One who is fighting in the past for equality, and one who is very, very excited to finally see that dream realized. Thank you so much for having me. The upshot of today's summit, however, is that dream has not been fully realized. Linda Hauser is a professor of social work at Widener University. She says these issues have become more and more visible. There are very few people that in the course of their lives don't either care for a child or an adult. But despite that, policies have not kept up. In Washington, I'm David Gura for Marketplace. This morning, the Supreme Court upheld in broad substance the Environmental Protection Agency's authority to regulate carbon emissions from sources like power plants. On a coincidental but unrelated note, former Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson came out this weekend in favor of a tax on carbon as a way to fight climate change. As he is wont to do, New York Times columnist Paul Krugman then weighed in and said basically... Yeah, that's great, Hank, but Congress will never pass a carbon tax, so what we need to think about are second-best solutions. Marketplace's Dan Weissman looks at what those second-best solutions might be and what they might cost. Regulating carbon like other pollutants doesn't work. It's everywhere. Producing energy, driving cars, manufacturing your cell phone. We're talking about hundreds of millions of sources, so the whole notion of trying to reduce those emissions with source-by-source regulations is simply infeasible. Bob Stavins is an environmental economist at Harvard. A carbon tax is a tax on fuel sources, proportionate to how much carbon each source emits. So a carbon tax is like a bug bomb. Everything else, the second best solutions, is running around your apartment with a fly swatter. Michael Greenstone from MIT may have a better metaphor for those second best solutions. I like to think of all of these policies as a bit like a bank shot in the game of billiards. You're shooting the ball to one side of the table, although the pocket is on the other. 
So it's harder to make your shot, and you may hit something you don't mean to. He uses fuel efficiency standards for cars as an example. They do make cars more fuel efficient. They also cause people to drive more. Because more fuel efficient cars are cheaper to drive. And the EPA's new power plant regulations aim at carbon intensity, not carbon emissions. Dan Caffeine is from the University of Colorado. It sort of acts like a tax on coal, but a subsidy to gas. Because gas is less carbon intensive than coal. But really what we want is a tax on both coal and gas. Because both do emit carbon. Evaluating the trade-offs creates work for economists. You know, given this menu of second-best policies, you know, how do they compare to the reference point of doing nothing? Because doing nothing is the other alternative. In Chicago, I'm Dan Weissman for Marketplace. Far be it for me to say that Wall Street was boring today, but man, was Wall Street boring today. We'll have the details when we do the numbers.